Hello and welcome to the Sunshine and Powercats podcast. My name is Heather and I am your host. This podcast features two types of episodes that alternate. Sunshine ones offer inspiration drawn from nature and in Powercut ones like this one, I share insights into my life living off the power grid. Do you have an experience with life off the grid or alternative power? I'd love to hear from you. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at sunpowerpod or email me at hello at sunshineandpowercuts.com. To find other shows on the Geeks Rising Network, head over to geeksrising.com. This one's called The Long Dark. Now, New Zealand's known as Aotearoa, which means land of the long white cloud. And it's been autumn and winter here in New Zealand for 2019. And it's been long and dark. Long Dark is also a survival game, which is relevant and fitting for this episode, both in definition and application. Under the weather applies here also, but we have an episode on that. Check the link in the show notes, literally being underneath the cloud cover and rain. We also had fog. One particular night, the fog was so thick and it enveloped or surrounded the whole house. The moonlight was really bright and it lit up the fog and gave it this kind of eerie, mysterious feeling. It's also what I imagine it would be like looking out from inside a plastic milk bottle. The fog hung around the next day until midday, and that's not so helpful for solar power. The one thing I love about the valley is that there's always something changing, the view or the atmosphere. Though the landscape itself doesn't change much, I mean gradually trees grow taller or are cut down or a new track is cut into the hillside, but that happens on a much slower time frame. When there is fog or continual cloud cover, not only is it kind of frustrating for low sunshine hours, but I do miss the view of the mountain range. However, a friend sent in a photo of a mountain range near them, and it was beautiful to see. I really appreciate that. We've got nature experiences in the Discord, and if you've got a nature photo, tag me on social media with at some PowerPod. I'd love to see it. And then the rain. We had weeks and weeks of continual cloud cover and rain. In the odd, infrequent break where the sun managed to shine bright, and as I've mentioned before, we've had clear night skies after cloudy days, kind of like nature's irony for those with solar power. While the water tanks get full and I love a good storm, I did find myself singing, rain, rain, go away. The rains have meant that we need to keep the drains clear and free-flowing, not only around the property, but also near the road, and cleaning out the guttering on the house. The lawn was left to grow and it looked rather lush, but it's recently been cut with the kind of finer weather that we've had recently. And when we had sun showers, the rainbows were beautiful. A bit of light gets through for the power. It's not that great for getting laundry dry, and neither is the cold, damp winter weather, really. So both of my internal washing lines in my garage have been utilised. It's insulated the garage so that the washing is able to dry in there with whatever warmth is garnered by the day. It just takes a bit longer. And I decided not to hang the laundry in the living room to dry by the heat of the fire because it gets a bit claustrophobic and feels cluttered in an already small space. Now, as I mentioned, Aotearoa means land of the long white cloud, and it literally is that. The number of full clear sky sunny days numbered around 12 over the two seasons. And the weather headlines had last a dry days before a week of rain get set for the weather to turn and wild weather spreads around New Zealand. It's also been super interesting in passing conversations. I mean, we talk about weather all the time, and I found that what we notice in the weather patterns differs on our connection to the weather and what impact it has on our activities. When someone says that the weather is fine, they usually mean dry, but not necessarily sunny. Fair weather is anything that's not raining. 
But when you're relying on solar power, then the best weather is full of clear, sunny sky days. And we've only had a handful of those. As you know, I don't live in a place that generates the most sunshine hours anyway, so I can't expect too much. But when they are out, I enjoy them thoroughly. So what does it all mean? I tracked the cloud cover over the seasons and the number of sunshine hours, the precipitation, the cloud cover in the morning and the afternoon. It was really interesting to track that. A lot of high cloud cover percentage with only, like I said, only a handful of clear sky sunny days. It means that you've got to be more conservative. It is something that you have to look at. What is the weather doing right now? What kind of activities are using power and what are you going to do with that time? So I decided I wasn't going to make this winter so hard. I was going to run the generator to recharge the battery bank rather than chase the weather. And that meant then that sometimes I had to run the generator quite a lot, sometimes not as often. The number of times per day needed to run it varied depending on what we were doing. And the maximum number of times in one day I had to run the generator for the period that to charge up the battery bank to be able to use it was four times. That's because we were using some power tools that were sucking up the power. In order to run the generator, you need to buy fuel for it. And part of that was remembering to put the fuel container in the car to take it with me to town to get it filled up. I, on several occasions, forgot to put it in the car altogether. One time I was so tired, I forgot to stop at the petrol station coming home. And so I had to make another trip to town. I had one accident where I was at the petrol station. I was really tired and I didn't for some reason keep the nozzle in the fuel container and it spilt on the forecourt and on my shoes. So I had to tell the petrol station attendant that I'd made a mess and they needed to be clean it up with a spill kit. That wasn't so good. I sort of went home and had a bit of a sit down with a cup of tea after I took my shoes off. It's also a cost. So petrol here has been between $40 and about $44 to fill up a 20-litre fuel container, depending on the price at the time. It's currently $1.99 per litre of fuel for unleaded 91, which is what I use. That makes it expensive. If I'm running it four times in one day, not that that happened often, that was pretty much a one-off. But the more times you use it, obviously, the more fuel you go through, the more times you have to buy more fuel and the more expensive it gets. My fuel bill is my power bill over this time period over the seasons and it hasn't been cheap another thing is that when you go to fill it up not all of our petrol stations have forecourt attendants some of them are self-service and so like I said I had an accident at one where I was filling the container myself but I did have a forecourt attendant help me one day and it was interesting because I'd stayed near my car for whatever reason and I realized that it had been I needed them to fill up the fuel container and then fill up my car afterwards my fuel container says specifically on it 20 litres. Now that's not filling it right to the top. That's kind of like a marker point that leaves a gap at the top. And that's really important because it's actually quite hard to tip out fuel at the other end if it's filled right up to the top, not only because it's heavy, it's so heavy, but it's just awkward tipping out that fuel. So I had mistakenly thought that the person would be aware of fuel containers and that you fill it up to the specified level but this one decided to fill it up to the top and I didn't say that but I also didn't specify filling it 20 liters which is what I learned from that experience is that you need to be specific if someone else is helping you you need to say I need it filled up with just 20 liters no more and I'd realized this day that he'd been filling it for quite some time and I looked up at the counter on the petrol station pump and I was like, oh gosh, like that's enough, thank you, please stop now. And they did, but 
you need to be specific if a full court attendant is helping you. One time, not in this seasons, but and I think it was last year, I had a full court attendant who told me that I wasn't allowed the fuel container that I'd brought with me that day because it wasn't an approved container for taking fuel in. And I said, but it is because it has all of the warning labels on it. So at least there was one person who was concerned about safety and, you know, the proper precautions around using a container to take fuel. But other times I've had ones where they just fill it right up to the top thinking that's okay when it's not. Using the generator more means obviously the maintenance period shortens, so you have to do maintenance more regularly. It needs an oil and filter change and you just need to keep an eye on it. It did have an oil and filter change recently, which was awesome. And the generator that I've got currently is a little bit tricky to get the oil out. These things, they could design them a lot better and it would make it easier. But yeah, keeping it on top of that because if the oil, if it runs out of oil, you can wreck the generator. That has been my experience with the generator with running fuel. It's been easy. You can actually be surprised at how fast time flies and what you can do within that time period while the generator is running. I have run the high-powered things like a washing machine or the dishwasher to kind of catch up on dishes, vacuuming, or just let it run to charge the battery bank up. I run it until the batteries are floating and then I turn it off. Then I use power throughout the day and if it needs topping up later on in the evening to so that I can have showers at night, I'll do that and then run it for about two hours is how long it takes to fully charge the battery bank up. I've had several groups of guests come and stay with me and that made it very tricky because the system itself is already not at a high enough capacity to cope. So having extra people in the house made it even more difficult. We had a couple more power cuts than usual. It's being mindful of what's running, what has been running, what the power level is at. In order to kind of track the weather and things, I was really interested to see just how much cloud cover we have. It, you can visually see that. And I kept a diary record of it. But I also looked at some figures, facts and figures of percentage of cloud cover and pressure. And it was interesting. Not every weather app and weather service has really good information. We have the Met Service here in New Zealand, which is not actually that great. It doesn't have a lot of detailed information. But I found one, which is worldweatheronline.com, and it has some good weather stats. So I link that in the show notes, and you can check it out. They had where you could find cloud cover, and they separated the day into eight time blocks, midnight, 3 a.m., 6 a.m., 9 a.m., 12 p.m., 3 p.m., 6 p.m., 9 p.m., they had a weather image, which was kind of like a summary of what the weather was. The temperature feels like wind speed, direction, gusts, cloud percent, humidity, precipitation, pressure. And if you scroll down, you actually got the same data for a month prior and then the same date a year ago. So if you were looking at June 12th, 2019, you could see May 12th, 2019 and then June 12th, 2018. And it was really cool to be able to compare that. So I really enjoyed using that um, resource over the time to track the weather. What are your favorite weather links or apps that you have? I'd love to hear from you. I had an app on my phone for weather and Samsung, I think, did an update on the UI and it changed it and made it kind of hideous looking and I don't enjoy it anymore. But yeah, what weather links do you use? I'd be really interested to know. A quick recap on things that have happened is we had the orchard that's been pruned since the last episode where I covered that the persimmon crop that I had was fantastic they took a really long time to ripen which worked out in my favor because I was able to use them at a rate that was manageable rather than having to process them all immediately and like preserve them 
it's nice to have fresh fruit sometimes and the fact that it just took a long time to ripen meant that it didn't go rotten on me. The orchard has been pruned, as I mentioned, and that's to help sort of not make the trees so massive that I can't reach the fruit at the top, but also just to help keep them growing healthy. We have over time, we've been here eight years and I think the orchard's been here less than that. We've lost a couple of trees, they died and various reasons or they were kind of like the reject trees anyway from a nursery so the fact that some of them have survived is kind of like a miracle anyway because we they have very little input from the outside world they just are organic they grow as they grow and yeah we've had really been really lucky with the fruit crops that we've got off them the only thing that I'm overrun with and still have fruit at the moment is lemons and that's been handy for the winter season getting a bit of vitamin c and Hot lemon and honey drinks, a favorite. We did celebrate a couple of things uh, over the last couple of months. We celebrated my highlight of the year, which is the winter solstice or the shortest day. It's my favorite day of the year because it's like the turn of the tide, or in this case, the turn of the solar cycle. For the shortest day here in New Zealand of 2019, the sun actually made an appearance, and it was so awesome to bask in the sunlight on that day with the least amount of daylight hours. The following day returned to the dark and miserable reality of the season of winter, and it was a firm reminder that we are still in the depths of winter. There was a glimmer of hope for the gradual increase in sunshine hours, though you don't really notice a difference until just before spring. We also had seven days of sunshine in a row and it was a huge relief and so uplifting. A lot was achieved during that week because we had power to be able to use ample power during that week each and every day. After that, on day eight, the the darkness crept back in and the rain came. But then I'd used a lot of water over that week and so I was quite happy for the rain to come to replenish the water tank. A side note here, we do have the seven days of sunshine challenge, which I'll leave a link to in the show notes if you're interested. And the reason why I mention that is because September is the New Zealand Mental Health Awareness Week from September the 23rd to the 29th. I will be doing a seven days of sunshine challenge as well as some other activities in the live stream. We did celebrate our fourth Sunshine Summit event in August 2019 and typically the weather was particularly unsunny that week although for our guests they did bring some sunshine which was awesome and the weather held up for our guests. I did have a sickness that week. I was awfully unwell so I guess there is an under the weather in terms of health and wellness in this one but I'm fully over that now which is awesome. It just made that week very difficult to do because not being well and trying to stay on top of a live stream is kind of hard. We had technical issues at the Wazoo and the Sunshine Summit itself in terms of production quality isn't as good as it could be because of internet problems and streaming issues and being unable to embed the live chat at sunshinesummit.live. However, I want to say a massive thank you to the patrons who've been supporting Sunshine and Power Cuts this whole time. You are amazing, and your support helped us get sunshinesummit.live to have a home for the Sunshine Summit events. It helped get the stream deck to make that possible to run things smoother, and I just really appreciate that the patrons have been so supportive of everything that I've done over the past two years, because in August it marks the anniversary of the Sunshine and Power Cuts podcast. The promo audio for the Sunshine Summit is the first thing that people would see when they head over to Podbean because the Podbean platform ran a banner for us for the week of the Sunshine Summit. From the banner, it would take you to the Sunshine and Power Cuts podcast on their app and they would be able to see the promo for the Sunshine Summit. Click the link to come along to sunshinesummit.live and join us. It did help with bringing people to the streams, but also bringing people to the podcast. So welcome to any new listeners that we have. Thank you so much for coming along for this journey. And I want to say a huge thank you to my guests that we had because they were wonderful. Thank you for sharing your stories of connections and 
the communities that you're a part of because they're all very different, but we can learn a lot from everyone's experiences. As I said, it's been the podversary of the podcast. What an incredible journey it's been. It's been one of creativity, of learning, the incredible connections you can make along the way, often unexpectedly, and the impact it's had. And you never know what kind of impact it might have for someone unless you hear from them or about their experience. And I'm extremely grateful for whenever that opportunity arises. The impact this journey has had on me is beyond what I could have imagined. Going in all excited with lots of ideas, struggling with figuring things out, learning how to record and edit audio, the exhilaration of making new connections, the burnout from feeling overwhelmed by the vastness of covering all the facets, from content creation to social media to collaborations and managing power, depending on the weather as well as the rest of life, the lows with challenges, setbacks, personal loss and grief that have been over the past two years, to the planning and developing of biannual live stream events. Thank you so much to everyone who has endured the long darkness between episodes. For the book that I'd love to finish about this off-grid journey of mine, there's been a fun element that ties into the theme of this episode, but that's all I'm going to say about that as a teaser for when the book is released. And when you discover it, I would love to hear from you, and it will add a creative flair. Until then, enjoy the intrigue. Finally, I've got a couple of announcements. In August, the International Podcast Association was announced. It is an organization that wants to bring people together from around the world to help them on their podcasting journey. Podcasting is something that I'm extremely passionate about, helping people with and making sure it's successful for them. And the International Podcast Association aims to bring together information and resources to be able to make that possible for people. And I am a part of that. I am a part of the founding board members For the International Podcast Association, there is a link in the show notes to the website which will direct you to a survey to make sure that the services and things that we cover cover things that are actually important and make it possible for you to access them. Coming up in September, we have, as I mentioned earlier, Mental Health Awareness Week, which is September the 23rd to the 29th. Straight after that, we have International Podcast Day, which is September the 30th, and I will be doing a live stream on International Podcast Day with the fellow members of Geeks Rising, and we're going to be celebrating International Podcast Day together. So I would love for you to check that out and join us live. That is the long episode of the long dark of the past seasons, and until next time, be empowered by nature.